Glad to have you back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Good stuff. Now we take a little bit uh, deeper dive, if you will, into uh, into the pack. As uh, we talked to our buddy Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, uh, joining us. Mike, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. No, my pleasure. Uh, we're glad you made it. Uh, this team is kind of an enigma right now. I don't know if they're – I don't think necessarily – and I, I was asked this last night, you tell me, because uh, a buddy of mine and I are talking, and he said, you know, hey, offensively, can the Packers be fixed? I don't think they can be fixed. I think they can get better, but I don't think you can be you – know, Devonta Adams is not walking through that door. Downfield passes are not going to be coming easily all of a sudden. I, I think the only thing they can do is put the best five out there for their offensive line to still be able to create the run-pass options, and, and Aaron Rodgers and his receiving core get a little bit more on the same page, but I don't think it's going to be fixed. Do you? No, I, I don't think we're seeing the offense we saw the last two years ever walk through that door this season. It, it's just you're not going to have that unless you have guys like Devontae Adams that can you know, get open down the football field. So I think that's a big part of what we're seeing. But, like, I, I think their running game has a chance to be better this year than it was in years past. So, you know, if they are going to win games, if they are going to put up light-up scoreboards like they have in years past, that's where it's going to come, which, you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to – lead to a ton of points because obviously it's going to be ball control, but it can also lead to wins when you do have a high-end running game the way the Packers do. So I, I do think there's reason to believe that this offense can still you know, score, can, can be good enough, can be a Super Bowl-caliber offense, good enough to win you that. But I, I don't think we're ever going to see, you know, 2011, 2020, 2021 offense walking through that door anytime soon. So let's talk. I, I saw your post uh, about the defense and the fact that the defense is second best when it comes to passing yards given up. But the crossing round is killing them. And not only is it, is it they're giving it up, but it's also keeping drives alive. Yeah, and that's an advent of you know, that's, those are busted coverages. Those are crossing routes are meant to you know break down zone coverages. Because a guy just running across the field is, is an easy route to defend. You, you know, if you're in man-to-man or a man-match sort of uh, defensive call, because the guy's just running a straight line. That's, you know, there's no break to the route. There's no spot where a guy gets open. So uh, it's meant to basically beat zone coverages, and that's what the Packers have you know, been their biggest weakness throughout the season is just breakdowns, you know, mental mistakes. So it's, on one hand, that's a good thing because – realistically those should be fixable but on the other hand it's like how many weeks do we have to keep going with them you know how long is this going to last before it gets fixed and how many teams are going to exploit that weakness before uh, we just realize that maybe that's part of this Packers defense so I think that's the worrisome thing is everyone knows the talent's there it just really hasn't played up to uh, what they could be playing up to the Packers overall defense uh, which is kind of astounding to people in the fact that they're fifth ranked. Uh, they're only giving up 303.4 yards per game. Uh, the passing yards are not bad. We all have talked about that. The rushing yards, they're giving up 126 yards a game. But is is the crossing route the only thing that's right now hindering this team? No, I, I mean, I, I do think that their lack of depth on the defensive line is an issue to monitor. You know, you have guys like Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark are obviously massive impact players, but how many snaps do you realistically want them to be playing in a 17-game season with you know, ultimately the goal being three playoff games or four playoff games? 
uh, when it's all said and done. So that's a lot of wear and tear on guys that they're having to fit, have them play 80, 90% of the snaps right now. They can't be fresh out there uh, for third downs because then they have no one to stop the run on first and second down. So I think that's the other worry is that if they lose any one of those guys up front, all of a sudden things could get real ugly for this run defense. I, uh, I want to go back to the game on Sunday and the fact that uh, they ended up throwing the ball three straight times on a three and out twice uh, in the, near the goal line on third and short, fourth and short. Uh, basically, uh, and I've been talking about this all morning, it used to be if you sent everybody after Aaron Rodgers, he would kill you. He'd pick you apart. Now it seems like teams are saying, go ahead. You don't got anything. We're good with that. Do you see the same thing? I do, and a lot of that's because kind of the person some of that personnel related you know he, he's looking in those scenarios he's looking just towards the guys he trusts right he's looking to cop he's looking to Lazard. when blitz comes those are the guys he knows those are the guys that he's willing to throw to and that's that's, that's worrisome you know you have to have all options when the blitz is coming you can't just you know go to your one favorite guy because that guy might not be open as we saw uh, in the final play of that game last week when he is trying to force one to Lazard on a back shoulder at the end zone so that to me is the biggest thing is just getting Christian Watson to be comfortable with hot reads, hot routes, him being a guy who's available, who's open, or you know, a guy he'll look to in those scenarios, getting Romeo Dobbs to be that guy, getting Sammy Watkins whenever he does come back to be that guy. That's a bigger thing because he, it's just kind of the nature of the game is you can't only have you know, one or two guys that you're looking to on a given play uh, as we've seen for them in years past. The guys in coverage, uh, Jair Alexander was considered, in, and still is to a certain extent, considered one of the best cover corners in the league. Is he better outside or inside? I think he's better outside, but of the guys they have, I think he's their best inside as well. They have, you know, Rasul Douglas is a bigger, longer, sort of more physical outside cornerback. And that's what he's been throughout his career. That's where he's excelled. Eric Stokes is pretty much your quintessential like straight line long speed. If you're using him in the slot, uh, you're taking away his biggest asset, which is being able to track and hawk wide receivers down down the football field. So, uh, yeah, I just think he's probably your best suited there. He's one of your best tacklers, one of your best players, probably your best corner against the run, uh, one of your most physical corners. That, that's probably the guy you want there, even if, you know, it's all, in my opinion, it's more valuable what you can do from just shutting down out number one receivers on the outside perspective. But, uh, you kind of got to pick your poison with what you're dealt as a roster. And so that's probably where I'd slot him if I was, you know, teaming this defense. So here's the next question that I have for you, and, and that is with uh, the NFC still not really, other than the Philadelphia Eagles, maybe Dallas is, you know, because we figured, well, the Rams would be right there, and the Rams have certainly fallen off, and they don't look like the same team. The Packers are struggling. The Vikings, while they have, they're have 4 and 1, but they've struggled at times and had close calls with both Detroit and Chicago. I mean, who right now, other than Philadelphia and Dallas, maybe, who are the, who are the other teams that, uh, as far as the NFC goes, that you would fear? I still think the Bucs, when they have their full complement of wide receivers, are going to be a little different animal than when they faced them without all those guys, without Evans, without Godwin, without Julio. So that's, to me, as a team, even though they beat them already, that I'd still be worried about. And the 49ers, you know, with Jimmy G, this is a much better football team than they looked with Trey Lance obviously when they lost the Chicago Bears. And this is the best defense in football right now. From a points-per-game perspective, from EPA-per-play perspective, uh, they at all three levels have impact type of playmakers that 
Uh, I think they may have even gotten better over the course of the offseason. We saw obviously them shut down the Packers offense last year. So I, I would throw those two in the mix as well. Uh, the total offense right now, Buffalo Bills kind of run away with it. Philadelphia, number two, the top two teams in each conference, in my belief. The stunning thing, and I, I want to ask you about this, because I thought Detroit was going to be a team that would be pesky, that maybe get to seven, eight wins. Right now, yards per game, they are third best offensively in yards per game. Is it just a matter of their secondary stinks? It's more than just their secondary. It's their defensive line, the interior <laughs> is awful. I mean, they have probably the worst defensive tackle position in the NFL at the moment. And they're a little banged up there, but they, they can't get after. They pressured Bailey Zappi twice in that game against the Patriots. That's losing football. I don't care who you are. And when your best player, and I think their highest graded player in that defensive line is a rookie, number two overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, who's been, you know, just been all right. That's worrisome. So this is probably a bona fide defensive line in the NFL right now, the Detroit Lions. That's why they're it's kind of all three levels have just not played well for that defense. Uh, and then, uh, you know, a couple more things before I let you go. And I wanted to also go back to the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, some will say, well, his accuracy has fallen off. And, and I want to get back into that for a minute because I don't think necessarily – I mean, he can, on his back foot, flick a ball 70 yards and be as accurate as accurate can possibly be. I don't think it's his accuracy. I think it's wide receivers he's not overly overwhelmingly familiar with, defenses that are playing just strictly man on the outside, and that's about it. And the fact that the weaponry hasn't been as good, he's not on the same page with these guys. While that will get better, do you see that the same, or is there something with Aaron Rodgers where the accuracy is just way off? No, I don't – I. Rodgers doesn't look much different to me, honestly. I, I think it's the same guy we saw see in the last two years. It's just there's only so often you can try to force into a tight window down the football field that, uh, you know, you've got to give this guy a little bit of leeway on some of those throws. They're just not scheming open guys down the field for him to hit. Um, but when he does have those shots, I think he's, there's very few I can count throughout the season where he really missed a guy. Uh, most of his misses when he is targeting, you know, deeper passes are coming when a guy's blanketed and he just has to miss and has to err on one side to give his guy a chance. So, yeah, I'm not too worried about Rodgers in that respect. I, I am just worried about this offense uh, and the playmakers kind of not meshing or not, I guess, you know, Rodgers with all his picadillos and all his, like, odd ways he goes about playing at the quarterback position, just not being what he wants at the moment or not being comfortable with Aaron Rodgers at the moment. I want to go back to something we talked about, and that being the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you can kind of look at Kirk Cousins and see some good things are going on there, but how good really are they? Defensively, they're getting after it. I understand that. But how really good are they right now? You got to feel like the team that's taken advantage of the fact that the NFC is really down, right? They, they're they 4-1, and one, but I don't think anyone's looking at them being like, oh, that's a Super Bowl type of team. You know, they just they don't have a great secondary. It's a fine secondary. They have a yeah. Their linebackers are probably pretty solid. Their edge rush, they can get after quarterbacks a little, but like there's no real area of this team where it's like, oh, yeah, you got to worry about that. I, I will say, though, offensively, at the very least, this is a much improved offensive line. And, and one of the biggest things, you know, for the Vikings for the past handful of years was they just would get trounced every now and then by opposed some defensive lines because their tackle position, the interior is such a mess. I, I think at least they've got that figured out. So I, I think this is a better just considerably different than team that we've seen in years past from that perspective but i still do think that this is just kind of a kind of an average roster 
with probably, you know, probably going to get a little bit above average results because the rest of the NFC is so bad. Um, I want to look at the Dallas Cowboys real quick because there's a lot of talk about Dak and when he comes back and what this is going to mean offensively. Give me your thoughts and give me your, your grade of Cooper Rush and what he's been able to accomplish with the Dallas Cowboys and not losing since taking over for Dak Prescott. Hey, well, Rush has kind of been a game manager. It's, it's really been this, this front seven. It's, they've been insane about how they've gotten after opposing quarterbacks this past week. Matt Stafford had no chance. I mean, Michael Parsons, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, um, the guys they're throwing out there in that defensive line is just, they've been dominant. And so that, that to me is the bigger thing is that I don't want to see this defense when Dak Prescott comes back because Cooper Rush kind of keeping them afloat, really just not making the mistakes to lose them games. But this defense has really been, and I can't wait to see how they fare against the Eagles this week because they've won them four straight games now. One last question. Are the New York Giants at 4-1 and one for real? No. Uh, no. They, they, they are, admit, like, defiantly not for real. They're just, they're a, they, this is the first time they scored over 20 points in the game this past week against the Packers. They, they, they still have issues offensively. Uh, but hats off to Brian Dable. He, he's done a great job scheming uh, around some of them. But this is still a team that's probably going to end up around or below 500. Mike, great stuff as always, man. I appreciate it. We'll continue to follow you over on Twitter and Pro Football Focus as well, okay? For sure. Thanks so much for having me. Have a good Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, at PFF underscore Mike, at PFF underscore Mike. You wonder how good the Giants would be if they have all their complement of wide receivers, if they have their full complement of corners, if they have their full complement of offensive linemen and a healthy quarterback. I still don't think Daniel Jones is the answer, but he at least has done enough to be okay and not be a detriment to that team, but four and one the Giants are right now. Four and one. Out of that, uh, we all talked about the West being the strongest division. It certainly looks like the uh, the NFC East is the strongest division in football. Almost, Ben, would you not agree with that at this point, just record wise? Yeah, it's like the uh, the Big Ten West of the NFL, right? Just a lot of tough teams that beat up on each other and are better than people think. The AFC East is strong in record with the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins, all right there. New England at two and three, but New England has even played okay once they get Mac Jones back. Uh, it has been somewhat of a head-scratcher over in the AFC North. Uh, the AFC South, we don't have any real belief in at all, and the AFC West is basically Kansas City and everybody else, even though the Chargers are sitting at three and two. I don't think we have a lot of belief in their coaching staff. But the NFC East... 5-0 and Philadelphia, 4-1 and Dallas, 4-1 and the Giants, and then Washington sucking swamp water at the opposite of 1-4. and And in the meantime, you got the Vikings who are 4-1, and the Packers who are 3-2. and The Packers are only a game better than Chicago, but they obviously have the tiebreaker, but still struggling to a certain extent. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, even Atlanta, a game dividing those three teams. And then you go to the NFC West, and while a game, they're, they're, it, it's amazing that if any champions are sub-500 at 2-3, the Cardinals, who paid Kyler Murray all that money and should have been better, they're 2-3. and three. Seattle is 2-3. and three. We didn't expect them to be very good. And then the team that made the flip is San Francisco, and they've been decent under Jimmy Garoppolo, winning two straight. And they've got a point differential of plus 47. That is tied for the most in the uh, in the NFC with the Philadelphia Eagles. 
so far in what they've been able to accomplish. And if you want to get into it, it's second in all of football because the only team that's really got a huge point differential is the Buffalo Bills at plus 91. Everybody else is 47 or worse. So the Bills look to be the strongest team in the National Football League, at least at this point. So anyway, uh, 877-867-1670. You want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show coming. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Well, I think each game could take on a different identity in terms of how you want to play somebody. Certainly when the opposing team is down a bunch of wide receivers, I think you can challenge. Those are the words of Matt LaFleur. Per, per, personalities uh, for his football team talking about. Narrator, um, there was not much challenging done. Yeah, not not much. The uh, Like I said before, I respect where he's coming from and the thought process. I don't have a problem with that. I don't necessarily agree with it, but... I understand it. I think that's the least we can say, right? I, I think we understand it. You understand where he's coming from. Uh, was there anything that he he said that you would say, oh, yeah, I agree with that? You know, that, oh, yeah, that's it. No problem. 877 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Um, you know, some of the stuff that Matt LaFleur had to say regarding the offense and the defense and, you know, needing work and such. I mean, <laughs> we had just got done talking about it. There's things that are just eating this team up. Would you have slept after last night's performance? <laughs> nope. I Look, maybe it's the fact that there has been so much stated that he seems or seemed – Going into that game, snippy, short. Uh, he'd come off as kind of crass, sarcastic. He seemed like even though after a loss he was in a better mood, maybe it's because they're finally back home. It's a normal schedule this week. You know, they can kind of get back into their, their zone. You know, this whole thing, this London thing, as, as much as it was maybe good for the uh, the uh, you know, good for the league that maybe he's just, you know, He's like over it, so maybe it's just put him in a better mood. Uh, I don't know, but he seemed better yesterday, more willing to explain. I, and and Mike Clements has said this before. I will say this: when we get a chance to talk to him or Aaron Rodgers, the coaches, whatever, Packers are pretty good when it comes to the overall access. Uh, when you look at a guy like Tom Brady who comes out for maybe two minutes and that's it, don't talk to me, I, I'm, I'm not talking to you, that type of stuff. He does it because he's supposed to. Uh, Roger's pretty good about answering questions. You may not always like it, but you, you, they're pretty good about it. you got to be honest about some things like that. you got to give the Packers props. You can't be negative all the time. Um, uh, what, what is this? 
Uh, Great Dane says CBS is reporting that uh, Odell Beckham Jr. likely going back to the Rams when he's healthy. Uh, that was something that was stated, I guess. Uh, and yes, to answer that particular statement, yes, that's been something that's been talked about. I have not um, seen that yet. I have not seen it, but I know that he was reported or something like that. He was, you know, on the sidelines and talking to some of the guys at either a practice or a game. He was there. Uh, I know that he had been seen with some of the guys that he once uh, hung out with in New York. Uh, I don't know. Oh, he's been uh, everywhere. Knows. He's been everywhere. It's like a mid twenty year old on Tinder. <laughs> um, but I have not. Um, I I think put it this way. I think that regardless, I still think you have to. You have to go after him. You have to make a legitimate shot to try to get better. If indeed he's capable of playing, that's the other thing. You know, I, I you you can't just say, "Oh, we're going to go after him." We're going to get. I mean, if he's ready to go and he can play, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then maybe, um, maybe you look into, you know, a, a, a trade if you have to. You know, Ian Rappaport, um, I guess yesterday on the NFL Network, was talking about the Packers and OBJ. Here's what he had to say. Well, first of all, Aaron Rodgers talked about he's not healthy yet. He's right. My understanding is Odell Beckham Jr. is shooting for a mid-November return to the field. So if he's going to get signed, barring some sort of surprise, it's probably not going to be for a little bit, which means we'll be talking about him just like this. And, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers were interested in Odell. They were actually interested last year as well, made a pretty low offer. We'll see if they ramp it up this year uh, This year for Odell Beckham. Not going to be the only team interested, though. I would expect the Rams to be interested, maybe the Bills with Von Miller uh, doing some of the recruit, maybe the Bucks, who've never been shy about bringing in a big name. Certainly plenty of teams are going to be in it for Odell. So there you go. Plenty of teams. That's according to Ian Rappaport. Uh, on paper, it didn't seem like the Giants were going to have much uh, of a chance to beat the Packers on Sunday. Not only did they go into the Week 5 with a banged-up starting quarterback, uh, but like I've said before, when you talk about the wide receiver position that was limited, you also had a lot of pressure on the run game. You had corners that were going down. Your offensive line was being banged up. Apparently the Packers forgot to pack the second-half game plan, as they've done pretty much all season long, according to CBS. After uh, playing a nearly flawless first half, the Packers absolutely fell apart in the second half. The most shocking part of it was how easily the Giants were able to move the ball on what was supposed to be a very good Packers defense. The other surprise is that it seemed the Packers gave up on the run. Even though A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones combined for an average of 5.1 yards per carry, and even though the passing game was struggling, the Packers called more than twice as many passes as they did runs. Again, this goes back to answering the question of what are you doing? They also didn't give their stud running backs a chance to get their first down near the goal line late in the game, a move that James himself seemed to question or Aaron Jones himself seemed to question after the ball game. Going back to uh, some of the grading and some of the discussions coming out of numerous other entities. So there you go. Um, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Enjoy the phone calls. Uh, now, the, here's, here's my question. I asked this at the beginning of the show, and I want to go back to this. Okay, real quick. I want to go back to this. 
The question I have is the Green Bay Packers offense. The question of the day over on the four-letter network was, can this thing get back on track? My question to you is, do you think it's fixable? I'm not talking about getting better. Do you think it's fixable? Do you think it's fixable? 877-867-1670. Love to hear your thoughts on that. Do you think it's fixable? This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery. They uh, are one of the best in the state, and they just continually say, just enjoy it. It doesn't matter if you like, you know, red wine with, with you know, meat or whether you like it with fish. It doesn't matter if you like ice in your wine or not, uh, cedars or, excuse me, ciders and such. They've got many different things, many different beverages, many different styles, Merlots and Pinot Grigios and, and Moscatos, and they've got Cabernet Sauvignon, and they've got all of that. But it, they just want you to enjoy it. You don't have to be a snob about it. They're not. Just They want awards. That's okay. But they're, they're, they're not like, no, 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 you can't have it with this. They're like, no, just enjoy it. Go, go, whatever it is you like, you like. That's your taste. That's your bottle. That's your time to shine. And that's what they enjoy. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. 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 Uh, or you can ask for it by name in local local liquor stores, grocery stores, wine stores. ForgottenFireWinery.com up in Peshtigo. they got a lot of different events coming up. And don't forget when you go in, tell them you heard it on the program. they got a special deal just for you mentioning the Bill Michael Show. Don't forget about that if you do go to Peshtigo. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Defensively, there was moments that looked really good to start the game, two, three and outs. I thought our, our guys were playing well early. Third series, they got a field goal, and then after that, it kind of unraveled. And certainly there were a couple pivotal plays in that game that, you know, we had two sacks that got nullified by penalties. And, you know, those are always very subjective calls that sometimes you get and sometimes you don't. And that definitely hurt us, though. Welcome back. Matt LaFleur talking to the media. I get it. It Look, it's a loss. You know what really, um, he, and I want to put this out to the, to the green and gold glasses wearing people who are commenting that we're too negative. Tell me the positive. Tell me the positive. And I'll, I'll wait. Phone lines are wide open. 877-867-1670. Tell me the positive. Ben, let me know if anybody calls. Tell me the positive. I do have one single positive. Which is? Mason Crosby has made field goals. He's six for six. There you go. ESPN Steve says nobody died. I, I I get this all the time from these Packer owners and these punk-ass Packer fans that say, I can't believe you're this negative. My question is, tell me right now, coming out of that contest, what the positive is that we haven't discussed. They get You get so mad if we criticize anything, but you're the first one to be completely pissed off if they lose. Because the expectation is Super Bowl or bust. 
there are some things that look pretty good. But give me the positive. Give, give me what you would rather talk about that you believe you're going to be able to hang your hat on that this team is going to be a Super Bowl team. Because ultimately that's what it is. But And also, let me remind you, and also refute what we're saying. Is anything we've said wrong? That I would love to know as well. Uh, let's go to Denny listening to us at home. And Denny, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Thank you very much, Bill, for taking my call. I appreciate it. Enjoying your show. You are absolutely 100% right. Uh, I believe that when Devontae was leaving, that Gudikas knew this. Uh, we heard receivers from Odell Beckham to Lockett, you know, to many, many more Julio Jones that they, you know, were going to try to get, and they never did. And also, I think Campbell's not playing anywhere near like he was before the big payoff for mm-hmm. his contract, and I think that's hurt. And, uh, you know, before the start of the year, they said that our D-backs are supposed to be the best, if not the best, of the league, you know. And uh, it just it – just, uh, we're really only, you know, like maybe uh, one or two plays away from being one and one and four. You know, I mean, we the reality is the Packers aren't that good. They're they're above average, but they've got an above average quarterback that can make them really good. I think we right. it would be different if Jordan Love was under center, and we would be kind of looking at this with a, a raised eyebrow. But I and people I agree. are I think asking that, for Love too. You know, I and mean, that's ridiculous. Right. Which, you know, you know I, I know people want to see Jordan Love that this team would be better because yeah. he really run the offense. But, I, you know, yeah. again, ha- you don't have a passing game now. How in the world do you yeah. think you're going to have a passing game with a less pass- lesser passer under center? Well, that's it. And they got to get rid of Amari Rodgers. He's just, I mean, taking up space. He's not doing anything, you know. And yeah. it's just frustrating because you watch it, you always got this glimmer of hope, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, they started out really good, and he scripted his 30 plays. Why doesn't he try scripting 60 plays, maybe? You know, I mean, yeah. it just it's just hard to watch, you know? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And, uh, no. you know, a, a good thing, too, is our punter has been fairly decent. Donnie's oh, been O'Donnell's been great. Good. Yeah, O'Donnell's yeah been great. he's been yeah. good. But, you know, you tell it the way it is. And and that's what I like it about you. If it if it's not if it's blue it's blue if it's black it's black you know you're not short sugarcoating it and you know the fans need to believe that you know basically with Minnesota ahead of the division you know this whole thing could come down to uh, New Year's Day this year in Lambeau you know for the mm-hmm. the division title too you know yeah um, but definitely we have to. I think Gudikas needs to get us like a receiver or two. I mean, look how Belichick goes out and gets people, you know, for one year. So what if you rent them? Hey, if they help the mm-hmm. team, was it worth it? Yeah, I think so. You know, yeah, you know, I I would agree with that. I mean, if there's somebody available, I appreciate the phone call. If there's somebody that can, that's available that can help the team, you have to explore it. And I don't think there's any general manager that says no. I'm not going to do that. I think every manager, every general manager looks at things and says, can this make us better? This is what I'm going to do to try to make our team better. I think every general manager does that. Um, 
you know, John says, I will say this about love, uh, he'll play within the system. But, again, the system requires throwing the football as well. Is he a better passer than Rodgers? And he doesn't know and hasn't experienced the system nearly as much. So does that make him a better quarterback at this point? I, I that'll No one will ever convince me of that, ever. Um, 877-867-1670. Uh, this is from Scott. Scott says, hey, you're going to hit the nail on the head. There's a lot of people that want you to talk about the positive so they have hope. What you're telling us is that this is an average team with a shot at going to the postseason, but not a lot of shot at winning a Super Bowl because they don't have enough horses. That's the reality, Packers fans. What more do you want? Um, John says, yeah, you know what? I, I know there's a couple of people out there that, that written. Well, first of all, I don't really take much advice from a person that can't use uh, or can't com- put, complete a sentence without using the word like 12 to 15 times in one sentence and sounding like uh, they're the back end of some kind of pimply-faced high school kid. So I don't worry about that. Uh, this is from Matt. Matt says, uh, hey, Bill, uh, at least you're telling us the reality of what Packers fans already know. They just don't want to hear it. It's much like Brett Favre fans who never want to hear that Brett Farr was involved in anything illegal. They refuse to believe it until he's actually in handcuffs. And even after that, then they'll probably go down there and protest that he's in jail. Uh, you know what? There was another piece on that today, and I posted it. Uh, now, all the all this stuff's going to come out, but Brett Favre, through his attorney, has basically said, I did not know where the money was coming from. And with the text messages, he clearly knew something was amiss just by saying, hey, nobody's going to find out about this, right? So, you know, where, you know, the old adage is where there's smoke, there's fire. Now, it's, it's a big leap to the assumption that Favre set out to defraud the welfare system. That I agree with. It's all going to come out eventually. But it, it right now, PR-wise, I mean, it doesn't look good. It just doesn't. Um... John says, uh, true, but we didn't need to pass in that game to win. You had to pass some. <laughs> you had to pass some. You can't You can't just say we're going to run the football and not throw the ball. I just, look, I you know my feelings. I've never thought Jordan Love was going to be that good in, in part anyway. Just my opinion. Let's go to Brian. Brian, welcome to the program, the Bill Michael Show. What's going on, man? Good to talk to you, Bill. What's up? Um, I just wanted to, I wanted to first say the last two days have been a breath of fresh air listening to you say the things that I was basically screaming the last two weeks watching the games. <laughs> oh, great. Um, okay. Then, um, I'll, just, I'll just say the thing that I think is wrong with how the defense is being run right now, and then I'll give you uh, a, a follow-up for it, is they are just playing passive. Defense playing passive um that's almost like a prevent defense basically and that's why i think these guys aren't making the plays that we expect because they're expected to hold back water not to attack guys and offense can be a little different than defense but defense they need to be on the attack most great defenses are if you remember last year and i'm sure you do at a certain point in the season the players had a meeting with the coaching staff on the defensive side of the ball 
in which they instructed the defensive coaches to turn them loose. It kind of made the news. It was kind of a big deal. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, they really improved as the season went on because they played different style of defense. We'll just say it. They played aggressively. They allowed them to make plays, to do stunts, do things like that. Um, I'm at the point right now that, and I know this isn't a popular thought, especially during the season, but if our defensive coordinator is so bad that he can't remember what happened last year, what helped allow his defense to improve, the coaching staff in general, if they can't see this, then they don't belong there. It's, it's sad to say everybody can see it. They can't. Um, can't believe I'm saying it, but then somebody else should be calling the shots. I I would say uh, appreciate the phone call. Let me let me go back to what you started about the defense. I would say that at some point you have to play proactive rather than reactive and aggressive. Now there's a time and a place for it, but it seems like when this team gets a lead, the defense backs off. They're not bad early on. The first drive of games, first and second drive of games, have not been great. But once they settle in, they've been pretty good. Packers get, and this is part of the problem. Packers get a lead suddenly in the second half of these ball games. They go soft, and we all see it happen. I, I, I just think that I, I have screamed for years for defensive coordinators: stick with what got you there. You have to morph, you have to adjust, but your aggressiveness gets you there. And when you back off, it's kind of like you're giving them air. You're letting them breathe. And God knows, we've seen it more often than not where it ends up costing you. It just it, it, it drives me nuts. And so I would agree with you. 877-867-1670. Hit us up again. 877-867-1670. More of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back at practice tomorrow after returning from their 27 to 22 loss to the Giants in London. Aaron Rodgers asked, How far away are the Packers from playing a complete game through four quarters? Oh, I mean, I don't know. That's a tough question. Uh, the cliche answer would be really close, but the actual answer is. Uh, Unknown, honestly. Uh, this team is, you know, we're five weeks in, and there's a lot of football left. Can't squander any more games like this, though, because uh, the NFC is going to be pretty tough. What does the Packers' defense need to work on? Matt LaFleur. There's a lot that we need to clean up. Number one is I just think the urgency to get get lined up and get ready to play because just going back and watching it in tape, there were moments when we got other crossing routes that we were all over, and we have a hard time, you know, taking those crossing routes when we get when we get beat. Now the Packers' next opponent is the New York Jets, celebrating a 40 to 17 win over the Dolphins and a winning record of three and two. They finished four and 13 last year. Head coach Robert Sala, who was the best man at Matt Lafleur's wedding, what the Jets have been able to accomplish so far this season. What we've accomplished is is winning 
three games out of 17. You put it in the back shelf and you just keep on moving. We got a big one with uh, Green Bay and we're going to have a big one the next week and the big one after that. And, and the ability to, to compartmentalize or to push, you know, enjoy the win until noon on, which was today, noon today, and then move on right to Green Bay in terms of taking care of your body and preparing yourself the way you need to. Uh, that's what championship teams do. That's Jets head coach Robert Sala. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. at Kane and Kane Jewelers. They're in West Bend. It's worth the trip, too. And uh, don't forget to follow the Buy Like a Guy podcast from Andy Kane. K-O-E-H-N. Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. Terrific place. Uh, an assortment of different types of jewelry. And uh, the Buy Like a Guy podcast. Good stuff from uh, our buddy Andy Kane up there. So uh, don't forget Kane and Kane Jewelers. Um, ben, are you a little distraught that David Robertson's not going to be uh, on the roster because uh, he ended up getting hurt in the celebration the other day? Yes, Bill. Yes, I am. I was not expecting <laughs> that would be brought up. First pitches in this, eight this minutes. This is kind of reminiscent uh, of last year when uh, the Brewers reliever punches the wall and uh, breaks the hand. It might be worse. He got hurt jumping up and down when Harper homered on Saturday. It wasn't yeah. even the postgame celebration. Right. So, yeah. I mean, he's by no means Devin Williams. But, yes, quite important. The bullpen isn't right. that good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't feel good. I guess he'll learn his lesson. All the home runs that are now hit, he'll probably just go, yay, and sit down on the bench and call it a day. But coming up today, uh, just after, what, noon, I think? Yeah, it's in about eight minutes. Uh, Phillies and Braves, <laughs> and then later on this afternoon, you got the Mariners and the Astros, Guardians and Yankees tonight, and the Padres and the Dodgers are the late game this evening. So that's four games on tap in Major League Baseball. So there you go. Four games on tap in Major League Baseball. But yeah, Robertson out because he was celebrating the Bryce Harper homer and was jumping up and down. The reliever twisted his ankle, so he's he's done for a short period of time. So, Oh, well. Oh, well. 877-867-1670. We've got uh, coming up at the bottom of the next hour, we're going to go through the power rankings and some changes, some bigger changes this week in the power rankings. So we got that coming up. Zach Heilprin, right here after the top of the hour, we're going to talk some Badger football. So stay tuned for that. Badgers get a nice win down in Evanston. And now can they just put this whole season back on track? And what a difference a week makes between Paul Christ, who was a let go, and Jim Leonard. And we'll get Zach's assessment of that, the way it looked, and uh, see, uh, you know, kind of see what he thinks. So we'll touch base with Zach Heilprin. Covering the Badgers, sports director, WOZN out in Madison. And that is coming up next. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stenny's, second of national Walker's Point. Boy, they had a big party last Sunday morning. Big part. The wings were flowing. The Bill Michaels garlic cheese bread. You got to ask for it. Wasn't on the menu. But, man, that was out there, too. I saw a few people that uh, posted that. I think it was on Facebook and Instagram that tagged me in it. So thank you very much. Cheese bread's always good, especially early in the morning. It gives you a good base. There you go. Good base. Base up. Then you got the Bloody Marys after that, and you're good to go. That's our friend Stenny, second to National Walker's Point. By the way, they're running shuttles to the Bucks games, the Admirals games when Marquette's in action, all of that good stuff. Shuttles are back running downtown again. Stay tuned. Zach Heilprin, Badger Chatter, coming up next. 
The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.